0: So the legendary Janice Joplin. Among many things that she would say on stage or performing live, um, she would ramble on and on between songs and improvise a lot. She was just legendary. And she said a lot of things. Many recordings exist, and you can look them up and you can listen to them, and they're wonderful, um, and everything else. And, and although some might try to be critical, unnecessarily critical, and dismiss a lot of her ramblings, perhaps as just you know, a stoned hippie chick on stage. She said a lot of things that I think mean more than I think people have given them credit for and potentially even more than she realized. Maybe I don't know her. I know she's from nearby, relatively speaking here in South Texas, but regardless of her legacy, what she says on one recording, which you can listen to among many other things that she says on this recording in a live show, she says something that I think, well, it rings in my head all the time. And it is quote, I don't understand why half of the world is suffering, man, when the other half of the world is suffering too. Hmm. Sounds interesting, right? Sounds like maybe just a little bit linear, a little bit reflexive, like, well, duh. Wait, hold up. What? Is this just stoner babbling? Is it though? Is it really stoner babbling? Is it some kind of, you know, meant to be sounding, you know, dramatic, but it's not? No, I think it's actually quite profound is what she's trying to say. Let's break it down for a second and then let's talk about this. Let's talk about the suffering. Let's talk about hope, outlook, and what we can be doing potentially instead of suffering. But what Janice was trying to tell me, I'm gonna say what she's telling me. I don't know what she was trying to say in general. I know what I got from it. And what I got from it was, why is it that half the world is suffering If the other half is suffering too, which is related to the idea that all good, bad, negative, positive, moral, and immoral is relative to our experience, relative to our position, our opinions, and everything that we see in front of us at that moment, everything that we've experienced to make us who we are, that is how we define good and bad, moral, immoral, suffering, and well, not suffering or being happy, right? Being at peace. So the point is, if the other half is also suffering, that is, if your fellow brother or sister is suffering and so are you, she doesn't understand why. And the reason why you can't understand that she can't understand is because if we're all suffering, why suffer? If we were a complicated math equation, we would negate ourselves. We're all suffering. Okay, so before we go A and Z and say that the entire world is suffering, or to try to, you know, we need to acknowledge that the statement is a little bit ideological. I understand that. It's a little bit idealist, I know. But the entire premise is, if everyone else is suffering, including you, your half is a figurative. You are suffering, they are suffering, everyone's suffering. Why are we suffering when we all know we are? Where, where are the people not suffering, and if we're all suffering, why aren't we trying to help one another, right? Again, idealist, ideological, and it just seems like, like okay, that's not the most realistic thing, I, I understand. It's not the most realistic thing. It's way too complicated, with too many variables in the world to pretend that if we're all just suffering, we should all just get along. I know that, but what does that statement mean for me, and what it potentially could mean for you or anyone? is the acknowledgement of the relativity of suffering okay most of our suffering whether you read it on a Instagram meme or someone told you (laughs) um, or you just figured out most suffering is about comparison is about wishing what you had wishing where you were wishing who you were wishing all kinds of things that you do not have or cannot do or have not done yet versus what you want what you'd like to do what you wish you were doing and the inverse is also true what we wish we never did, what we wish never happened to us, right? And so this thinking, the idea of thinking being the, like the crux of your suffering is not new, it's not a new thing. But when you really try to accept this idea, your thoughts are why you're suffering. Because acute suffering, something right now, Obviously, physical injury is one thing. Uh, suffering right now or disease or someone attacking you in some manner, verbally or otherwise. Um, acute suffering, we can't really argue much with. These are incidental, but daily sort of systemic suffering that you do to yourself that you don't even realize you're doing. We've talked about this with systemic behaviors, something that you're doing that you may not realize you're doing and that you might even be against doing, but you're still doing it. It's so systemically ingrained in you. And so, it's easier said than done. At least you think it is. When I say, "Stop thinking certain ways," and you won't suffer as much. But see, the thing is, there is no answer coming down the pipeline for you. It's now. There's no net. There's no later on. There's no tomorrow, as Janice also says. <laughs> um, there, there's there's no tomorrow. Well, let me see exactly how she said it. She says, um, "Tomorrow never happens, man." <laughs> it's all the same fucking day man think about that think about that we we compartmentalize all our experiences into different categories and different labels today tomorrow tonight with this person with that person in the genre in the field that i'm in in the industry in the category into this and that male female not male not female and, and everything you know good bad moral crazy loud quiet shy extrovert introvert We label, 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 label. And we always think if only we get to another status level, another label, another experience, that everything will be okay or better. And we wait for another day. And then when I tell you there is no tomorrow, there is no another day, it's now. Change your thinking now and you can revitalize yourself. And you will lie to me and tell me that's impossible. I know it can't stop being that way. Stop saying that nonsense. You're telling me this idealist bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. I'm suffering. And I'm trying to tell you right now, you know that you can turn off your suffering. You know that you can. The vast majority of it, you can turn off. Yeah, you really can. Look, I haven't been through all the horrible things that a lot of people have been through, okay? But I've had my share. (laughs) And my share has done enough for me or to me that I'm over it. I'm not done with it, but I'm over suffering it. Right? And I think that 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 hitting that, that point where you get to that edge where you can't take it anymore can be very good provided you handle that threshold transition the right way. Completely losing your shit and going crazy, like problematically, dangerously crazy. Um, we don't want to do that. Sometimes we do. We have our moments. But in general, if we can just go i'm done suffering i'm done being angry at this person i'm done being hateful i don't need that person in my life but i'm done right we don't have to suffer when we know the other half is suffering and who is the other half it's not literally a half and you're not literally half it's figuratively speaking your fellow man your fellow brothers and sisters are suffering as much as you and quite frankly i have noticed that i haven't noticed That there's an increase in suffering because I watch TV or because the news told me or because of 77 posts on Instagram from 47 different news sources, alleged news sources. Okay, I'm talking about my experience with people daily. And I've noticed that experience has changed in the last couple of years. Those daily experiences, there's a theme there. Does that mean that it's directly indicative of the entire world and could be statistically relevant to what everybody's feeling in the entire world? I don't know. I just know what I've been experiencing. And I think there's something to it. It's easy to point the finger at the media. It's easy to point the finger at the internet, social media. Well, before we had all that, we blamed it on TV and the radio. You can find people lamenting about television, being called the idiot box and everything else and controlling their brains and everything. Going back 50, 60, 70 years, people have been saying this, okay? And there's a little bit of a difference in the modern era with the way media is presented, the way content, I hate that word, but the way content is presented. And the difference is this. There is so much of it now in comparison, exponentially larger and more so than any anything in history because now everybody has a platform uh, of you know, in which to distribute on a larger scale, potentially on a larger scale. See, w- while back when TV was the main conduit of getting information and ideas and entertainment to people, they had a sort of comfort in them, in the television stations and the producers and everybody else. They had the comfortable idea that they relatively had a captured audience. They do. And they know that this captive audience they could advertise to and present whatever they wanted to present. now there was a sense of competition because there were other channels, of course. And the channels increased and increased and increased as cable became prevalent, et cetera. So there was a sense of like, we need to stay relevant, we need to have better content, but there was not a desperation for better content. That was it was okay. I, by the way, I am not trying to justify or rationalize some of the mind-numbingly stupid television that has occurred in the last 50, 60 years because a lot of it is. Okay, I am definitely not trying to justify it. We have been chasing content to get people to watch programs for the advertisers to be happy forever. However, overall what we see now is a stronger desperation to get your attention. We don't really have captive audiences as much. We do, but we don't. We have, I don't know the number, let's call it a thousand times more media out there, media as in content. Ten thousand, why not? Ten thousand more. The further back you go in time, the more relevant it is. When we had three channels coming in on your regular TV, uh, my youngest memories in my life have some of that. Uh, but that was three channels, and they put content out. They put television shows out, and everything was thought out because it had to be. Um, and they didn't want to become irrelevant. You know, they they want to put stuff out there, and the news had arguably some tiny shred of dignity at the time because they figured this is a good way to inform the people. And I'm certain that when they started all of this, especially radio before that, they thought this is a decent way to inform the people what's going on. Obviously the corruption involved in something like that is extremely tempting because once you realize that you can sway public opinion, then you're going to because if it can make you money, especially if you lie to yourself under the premise of the more money we make, the more our station, radio or TV can produce content that people like, and the more people are, are going to be happy. No, the more money you can make. And then television it creates um, extremely wealthy uh, celebrities, whether the producers or actors, actresses, or whatever the case may be. It goes on and on. We know where mass media and production and, and content delivery has expanded to the point where everything gets corrupted quickly, the vast majority of it. Well, now we have removed a barrier of entry, of distribution. And so everybody can put content out there everybody has an opinion and everybody's vying for your attention so how do they try to get your attention by having the greatest the best the scariest the worst the most intense the most creative the most legendary everything is the best there's no such thing as hey i like this song no. It is the greatest song in history by the most legendary sub qualified band I've ever heard of. The best band before 1973 that came out of the north of England with five members in it is the greatest thing ever. We sub qualify and we chop things up until we can put headlines that are clickbait that everybody thinks the best, 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 or worst, worst, worst. And well, we do it in politics as well, very badly, obviously. Okay. I. Talk politics very simply. I have voted in my 47 years of life. I have voted exactly zero times. If you want to call me, you know, apathetic, and anything else you want to call me, you're welcome to. But I'll tell you this. I know everybody's life experience is different, but I can't speak for other people's life experiences. Not really. I can speak for mine. So my politics breaks down as follows. I've never voted for anybody, and I haven't seen anything change in the same amount of time. I don't think that Occam's Razor would tell me that the problem here is that I haven't voted. No. And now worse than ever, we have such an attack, an assault of the best and the greatest and the worst and the the most hideous and everything. Constantly. That we don't get our high. We are tapping into that high. We've all said this before. We're hitting the heroin in our vein of that, that content, that media that expression, that experience. We want a better heightened experience. And the people putting the content out there are worried that you're not going to care to click on them if they don't give you a heightened experience. But there's only so far we can go. If everything is the best, nothing's the best. And the best is the top. We can lie, you can reword things and break out the cesaris all day long. But once everything is the best, what more do we have? So I think people don't know how to identify something beautiful or positive or successful or productive. Not enough anyway. All we see is the best and the best and the best and the best. And here's the thing. We click the links, don't we? And we don't get the best. We get whatever they want to show us. And it can be good. It can be a waste of time. It could be interesting. It could be boring. It's not the best. We're we're hit. We're constantly hit with the idea of dial everything up to 11. And life doesn't exist on 11. How many times have we said that on this podcast? Gray area is life. Don't get me wrong, guys. Don't point the finger at media, quote unquote, and sit down and think you're okay. I know that you've been thinking about your posts on social media, or branding your business. And I know you're thinking, how do I make everybody believe I'm the greatest? And I know you have considered some things that might be a little bit gimmicky in the name of business. And that's normal. Because that's what people want. But you know, there are some people out there. There are. Who put forward, whether it's branding a product or a service, or just simply stating how they feel about something, or making their art, putting it out there. There are people doing it out there with sincerity and without extremes, unless there's something that needs to be stated as an extreme. There really are. But they're blurred. They're forgotten. And when we've run into one, we're touched. See, things sneak through. Not everything that goes viral on the modern internet and social media, not everything that goes viral is some ridiculous stunt, some incredible skill performance of some kind some display of skill not everything is a funny stand-up routine not everything is a clip from a funny movie or a violent film not everything is the extreme or the best not everything is the most dramatic sometimes what sneaks through is somebody's sincerity somebody's sincerity and it hits us in such a way because we are not ready for that anymore We don't see the little moments anymore. And when one sneaks through the noise and hits us, we all start crying, don't we? It's usually related to something that we see as innocent. A child, a dog, or something like that, right? An elderly person. We are very good at putting, you know, emotional connections to that. Those will sneak through from time to time. But it's not just that. It's real people who are really, truly seeing the positive in the world in every little moment. You do not have to be some tree-hugging hippie to understand and believe in the positive of every single experience having an effect on you as a living thing, okay? You can be any political persuasion. I don't give a damn. You could be shy and quiet, loud and obnoxious. You can be kind of an asshole. You can be very reserved and dignified. I don't care. I promise you. I promise you. You can see the good and the positive and the productive and the useful and the beauty in simple if you're just willing to look. See, you don't have to suffer and the other half doesn't suffer, doesn't have to suffer if you're willing to see the beauty of simple. We're all searching for the next big thing. We all want the next viral thing, whether it's literally a viral video or the next big thing. Everybody wants to be the next celebrity. That's nothing new. That's decades old, but if not centuries old, but now worse than ever because now we get alleged reports in the form of articles and tweets and everything else. We get alleged reports that all these wonderful humans are a big deal now. And as much as we try to say that we are not shallow and vain and that we do not blindly follow and support and monetize the people who are out there just trying to be famous for being famous, being a celebrity for being a celebrity. We do. We absolutely do. Do you realize that right now, as of the very end of July, everybody's talking about the two films, Oppenheimer and Barbie. And I am certain that they're fun films. Maybe not Oppenheimer, but I'm sure they're great films. Okay? And I'm glad to see something absurd like Barbie being made. And Oppenheimer is an interesting story. um, And a true story, of course. But think about this. I have seen so much about these films. People are talking like they're the greatest thing that's ever happened in cinema. But here's the problem. They're the greatest things that ever happened in cinema since last Tuesday. And then the greatest thing before that was the previous Wednesday, maybe? And it goes on and it goes on. I don't know if Oppenheimer is one of the greatest pieces of cinema. It might be. But the last 200 films that have come out have been the greatest piece of cinema. It's not just media, guys. It's our thinking. We put the suffering in our head. We don't allow ourselves to enjoy anything. We don't want the simple. We apologize for talking about the simple. If we post it on social media and it's very basic, we Apologizing upfront, whether literally or figuratively or some kind of an abstract way, we apologize. We make our own abject suffering worse, constantly, with the idea that the other half isn't. And the other half is thinking the exact same thing. Like I said, I don't care about media reports and news and all that. I'm talking about my experiences. A lot of you wonderful people out there that I talk to and have experienced either randomly because you send me a DM or an email or something or people I know on a regular basis. I can tell. I can tell you're suffering. I I have a reason to suffer. I've I've gone through some difficulties as well. And I'm still dealing with things. But I can tell. I can see the change. And what I want to remind you is that it's not a matter of getting yourself in trouble or me bitching at you that you can stop this if you want. Just stop it with bitching. Nah, I just want you to start being aware if you haven't. We can't just blame this onslaught of content, but it's a big part of it. It's not just because of the content, it's because of the way it's rewired our brains and how we interpret experience. You can break against it and still enjoy the content. You can look around you. You can experience the person next to you. You can go outside and see the world for what it is and still enjoy the Oppenheimers and the Barbies and somebody's funny meme. But don't lose yourself in it. It's not just getting off of screen time. It's not just turning off the computer for a while, putting the phone in a bag while you're somewhere. It's not just those things. It's also how you just think about and process everything that you experience. Every little simple thing, especially in the modern era, it's actually more powerful and more meaningful than all the greatest and the biggest and the baddest and the loudest and the most creative and the most legendary and the end all. Some things deserve those titles. The vast majority of them do not. And everyone is different. There are things you can tell me. This is the best of this. And I go. I don't care about any of that. I have no interest in any of that. But OK, <laughs> I, I give you a little golf clap and cool, but I don't know any better. It's not. doesn't mean anything to me. Don't get in this mindset of best, always, massive, perfect, everything. Don't get in that mindset. Enjoy the little. Enjoy the simple. Be proud of the simple. Break the mold. Show people that it's okay to enjoy the simple. And don't do it like, I don't know, like a Gen Xer or a a boomer ranting. And by the way, I'm a Gen Xer. You can listen to my episode on this podcast about that. You don't have to rant like a Gen Xer about back in my day. Fuck your back in my day. Shut up about that. You're now, you're living now. Don't tell me that things were better when you were blah, blah, blah. No, things could have been better yesterday and it might be better tomorrow. Please stop living in the past. You could have wonderful memories that you can cherish forever. And that's lovely, but stop living in the past. I don't want to hear back in my day. I don't want to hear Well, how I was raised. None of that's relevant. You're trying to supersede your experience now with something in the past that cannot be challenged because you are connected to it in a nostalgic way because of some memory. Take that, that is for you, that is yours. And those who can share the specific memories, you can share with them. That is not time, there's not justification for anything, for anything, it is your experience. Remember I told you, all this media that we're experiencing, not just the media, but people, There's a time when you have to shut up. I talked about that previous as well. There's a time, leave things to yourself. Think about those memories and go, (laughs) things were different. huh? What can you take from that? What can you learn from that? They're different then. What are they now? Stop talking so much. Stop trying to rant solve everybody's problems so much. I used to yeah and if you want to tell me that my podcast is me trying to solve other people's problems you you have a right to your opinion that's fine but i think if you really listen to my episodes i'm trying to teach myself how to talk about problems how to talk about challenges how to talk about growth as a human without telling people what they must do okay you're welcome to rant about gen x and your memories i don't want to hear it that's all i have my boundaries you have yours When I tell you I don't want to hear it because it's irrelevant, I'm also explaining to you that it triggers something in me that I don't like and I don't want to be a part of it. And I really don't believe it helps you. It's not just about Gen X rants. When I say I don't want to experience that from you, it's a way of protecting myself. It's not necessarily only a way of telling you to shut up because I think you're wrong. I don't want to be a part of that. It's not about being overly sensitive. I'm a sensitive person, but it's not about being overly sensitive. I don't want to be around you and your rant and your completely conflicting um, or contradicting or extremely negative or very uh, you know pessimistic views. It doesn't mean I have to accept it. But if I'm going to be around you, if I choose to be around you, then what can I do to potentially help? I may have to tell you, hey, I don't think that thinking is good for you. Stop that thinking. And you can tell me otherwise. And we can have a conversation. But are we trying to produce Are we trying to go forward are we trying to accomplish something with growth are we trying to learn from this exchange or are we trying to win because winning is right there with the same message that we keep getting which is best top massive legendary win 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 or lose losers pathetic loss everything bad a and z and i've had it with a and z i've had it with a and z i'm going to go enjoy the simple and i've been trying to especially this year they trying to enjoy the simple as best I possibly can. I have dreams. I have goals. I have things that I want to do that are going to be great in my mind. But I'm also going to enjoy the simple right now. I'm not going to fight anymore. When I have to defend myself, I will. But I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm going to try to get rid of hate in my body for things that I carry. And it sounds like a strong word. And you might be looking side-eyed right now like, who do you hate? Relax. I know what hate means. Hate doesn't necessarily mean just overt isms, okay? Or willing, wishing violence on somebody, you know, or hating your ex-wife in some horrible way. No, no I mean hate is something that, it's, it's a feeling inside myself that controls me, that allows someone else or some other set of people to control me without them even trying. That's what hate is. And I don't want that anymore. I want to be at peace and i'm working towards it. So, one way i think it's going to work for me is to start appreciating and enjoying the simple, cultivating the simple. Enjoy the movies, enjoy the entertainment, go online and post dumb shit on facebook, whatever. But don't let that define you. You're not defined by your past, you're not defined by all this onslaught of of information. You're defined by your own experience. And as a reminder again, try to keep some of it to yourself. It'll come out later when it needs to. You definitely don't have to scream about all your merits all the time. Be be the odd one. Don't be the typical thing out there in this over-communicative world, screaming about how great you are. Especially if maybe you don't think you are yet. It's okay. You're allowed to be exactly who you are. You're allowed to appreciate the simple. I'm pretty simple. I have big dreams. I have big goals. But I'm pretty simple. A lot of people think maybe I'm boring. But you know what? I'm me. And I'm okay with that. And I'm going to learn to try to continue to explore being the better me. I'm not who I was 10 years ago or one year ago or 30 years ago. I'm not who I'm going to be. And all that is perfectly fine.